You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. The Word of God. Does the setting of this particular event surprise you at all? There they are in the synagogue, a place of worship, on the Sabbath day, Jesus teaching them. So far, nothing really too surprising about that, but maybe what's surprising is who else is there? Not the worshipers I'm talking about, not Jesus, but the devil. Or at the very least, one of his very real demons. Does that surprise us at all? Well, consider, where where is the devil going to show up? He's not going to show up where, where false doctrine is being taught. And where there are unbelievers, he's going to show up where the truth is being taught and there are followers of Jesus. And that's what was taking place that day. Jesus was preaching and teaching. Jesus was teaching the truth, the gospel. So no, it's not surprising that the devil makes an appearance. The devil will do anything he can to disrupt, to silence the truth. Now, before we go any further, I I know that the text tells us that the man was possessed by an evil spirit. If you look at what that evil spirit says through the man, he talks in the plural. What do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us? But the last words we hear are in the singular. I know who you are. And so clearly, one way or another, it is the devil himself who is behind this. Time for a showdown, it appears. Which would be nothing new for Jesus and the devil. They had met before. Even though we don't know all of the details, we know that shortly after creation, there was a showdown in heaven between the devil and God. We know who won that one. It was in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve brought sin into this world where there was a showdown between God and the devil and God told the devil the consequences of what happened. I will crush you. And we know he did. Shortly before the account we have before us today, Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, another showdown, and Jesus was victorious there too. He was victorious every time, and you know what? He had to be victorious every single time. He could not fail even once. On the flip side of that, the devil could fail all of the time, and all he needed was to be successful once. And that's why he kept trying and trying and trying, always failing, but still looking for that one opportunity to win. That's why he interrupted Jesus in the synagogue that day. And he had some questions for Jesus, didn't he? Have 
or in the NIV, it reads, what do you want with us? But a more literal reading in the Greek reads like this, what have we and you in common? It's an interesting question because we know there are lots of differences between Jesus and the devil. Jesus is light, the devil is darkness. Jesus is the truth, the devil is the father of lies. Jesus leads to life, the devil leads to death. There are so many differences between Jesus and the devil. But there's one thing they have in common. Do you know what it is? You. They both want you. That's the one common interest they have. They, they both want your soul and my soul for all eternity. This is serious what we're talking about today. The devil had another question for Jesus. Have you come to destroy us? The devil knew the answer to that question already. So it was not a matter of if, it was simply a matter of when. And we already know, as, as mentioned before, there were countless times where Jesus had already defeated the devil's plans and purposes. But the final nail in the devil's coffin was the total victory in the perfect life, the innocent death and triumphant resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This question the devil asks is not a matter of if, just a matter of when. From the very well-known hymn are these very fitting words. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, but he can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. But the devil wasn't done speaking that day yet. And this time, not a question, but a statement, an absolute statement. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. For once, the devil speaks the truth. And not even half-truth, as we're so accustomed to hearing from the devil. He's truly speaking the truth. So one would think, why didn't Jesus allow him to keep going? Yes, devil, run with that a little bit further. But there is no way Jesus, as the prophet of prophets, was going to let the father of the lies speak about him. Just wasn't going to let it happen. Now talk about tension in the synagogue that day. I mean, can you imagine if, if it happened here? If someone, anyone, disrupted our service in, in a similar way? Tension would fill the air. A lot of us would be nervous, just how is this situation going to be resolved? Even I don't know how I would react, as it's never happened to me, such a disruption. But we know how Jesus handled it. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of boxing. I suppose I know enough of it to know some of the big names from the sports history. But in the end, I'm not the biggest fan of boxing. So I don't know what would be better to watch as a spectator, a first-round knockout or a 12-round fight. 
If we're going to use boxing terms to describe the showdown between Jesus and the devil that day, it was a first-round knockout. In fact, there are only two punches thrown. Jesus speaks in the Greek only two words to the devil. The, the powerful left, quiet. And the devastating right, out. Now, obviously, Jesus did not literally punch out the devil, although he could have, but he knocks him out with words. And all the devil could muster from the, the ring of the synagogue floor was a shriek. Talk about quite an event. Amazing, really. And that's what we are told. The people were amazed. Sure, they were amazed at, at how Jesus had that power over the devil, but that was not primarily what amazed them that day. They didn't go home that night and talk about what they saw with their eyes. They went home that night and talked about what they heard with their ears. They were amazed at what Jesus taught them. It's very true. At the very end of our lesson today, after Jesus had that encounter with the devil, that the people were amazed. But look at what we learned before that event. In verse 21, even before it happened, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. The people were amazed at his teaching, at his words. And there's a lesson for us in that. I mean, those people were literally in the physical presence of Jesus. And what was it that left his impression on them? Not his appearance, not even primarily the miracle, but his words. That tells us something, that teaches us something. Do we need visible miracles here every Sunday to reveal God's power to us? Do we need every single chair here filled every Sunday to reveal God's power to us? Do we need every single detail in our life to be absolutely happy for us to be convinced that God is powerful? Before you answer that and give the obvious answer with your mouth, maybe the answer isn't quite as obvious in our hearts. Because maybe... Just maybe we do come here expecting some sort of miracle of physical healing. I'm here for you, Jesus. Now you be here for me, too. For some of you who have been a, a part of Risen Savior's history and can recall days where all these chairs were filled at one time, maybe you are a little less awed today by, compared to those days when they were all filled. And so maybe the question for us to ask today is what will leave us walking out of here today in the same way as the people walked out of the synagogue that day? Amazed. I suppose I could try to come up with some sort of new teaching, but you wouldn't be amazed. Well, you might be amazed, but for the wrong reasons and with no lasting value. I suppose I could start teaching you that your salvation is up to you and you have to work it out on your own. But you will not walk out of here amazed. You walk out of here 
disappointed and depressed. If I started teaching you that, that forgiveness before God was up for, for you to work out on your own, you would not walk out of here amazed. You would walk out of here on the verge of, of despair. There is only one teaching that could possibly lead us to walk out of here amazed, and that's Jesus' teaching. All of it. That's why the, the, the people were amazed. The people were amazed at his teaching. And by God's grace alone, that is what we have been blessed with here. Now Mark, the, the gospel writer, doesn't tell us what Jesus taught that day in the synagogue, but we can, we can figure it out. We're told that the people were less than amazed by what the teachers of the law were teaching. The only thing that can truly inspire us to be amazed is the gospel. The people were amazed because Jesus taught them that their salvation was not dependent upon them. Their salvation was not dependent upon their church attendance, their offerings, their being good neighbors, good spouses, good citizens. They were amazed at the teaching Jesus shared with them that their salvation had nothing to do with them whatsoever. They were amazed when Jesus told them that he was the way, the truth, and the life and how you can't get to the Father except through him. And even if those weren't Jesus' exact words that day, he definitely brought home that point. That's why the devil stepped in and interrupted he did not want that good news to be brought to hurting souls. He didn't want it to happen. He never does. The devil never has our best interests in mind. Only Jesus does. Only Jesus does. And how blessed we are that Jesus continues to teach us in the same way he did then, with his word. How blessed we are to have this account recorded for us so that we can see Jesus' power over the devil. How blessed we are to know that nothing is going to get in the way of Jesus accomplishing his mission. Not even the devil. Didn't happen in the garden. Didn't happen in the wilderness. Didn't happen in the synagogue that day. It didn't happen on the cross. That's the truth. No one or nothing is going to stop Jesus. No one or nothing, not even the devil himself, is going to silence him. And Lord, forgive us for when we take that blessing for granted. May we never cease to be amazed at what Jesus teaches us as our Lord and our Savior. May we never cease to be amazed that Jesus, the Son of God, speaks to us. Us. That's what Jesus and the devil have in common. Us. They each want our soul. But the devil has done nothing for us. Jesus has done everything. Jesus has laid down his life for us. And so Jesus was most certainly in place 
to speak to the devil the way he did that day. Quiet. And in that, there's actually a lesson for us today, the final lesson of the day, the one you can pack up and take home with you. There's the lesson for us. Jesus can speak to us and does speak to us the same words. Be quiet. Just listen to me. Psalm 46, the beautiful words, right, that God himself tells us, be still, be quiet, and know that I am God. So let us simply be quiet, listen to Jesus, because he's the one who possesses and gives to us and speaks to us as the prophet of prophets, the words of everlasting life. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.